Happy Mother's Day. We love you. Happy Mother's Day, Mom. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. We love you. What makes you so special to me is that no matter what life throws your way, you are always staying so positive. You are so important to us, and we couldn't imagine life without you. You taught me how to be sweet, and you taught me how to thank God. I just want you to know that not only today, on Mother's Day, but every day, we're blessed to have you in our lives. You are amazing. We just wanted to know that we love you and thank you for being the greatest mom on earth. You're incredible. You're great. You've taught me how to be a mom to my children. We love you. Hey guys, and welcome to Journey Online. We're so glad you have joined us today. It's Mother's Day, and uh, this is a special day. And uh, we want to take a, a moment just to say Happy Mother's Day to all the moms that are out there. Uh, we hope it's a great day for you. It's a special day. Hopefully, your family has made it special. And uh, and so anyway, we want to kind of talk about mothers today a little bit. Uh, it's a, it's really it, normally when we can gather as the church. This is the second most attended day in in the church year. And uh, it's because moms, they want their children uh, to do the right thing. They want them to be involved in church. They want them to have a relationship with God. Most moms, not all of them, and I realize that, but most moms want to influence their kids to do the right thing. And, and most moms, you know, with a sincere faith, they have a desire and, you know, to see their children follow Christ, man, and, and to do that. And so we want to talk about influence because a mother has incredible influence in the life of her child. And so influence, look at what influence is. The capacity... To have an effect on the character, the development, or behavior of someone or something, or the effect itself. And so influence is important. And a mother has incredible influence in the life of her child. And I don't know about you, but you know, I know my mom had great influence in my life. I, I, I tell people all the time, I'm a mama's boy. I grew up, you know, I love my mom. And, uh, man, and so there were so many things that my mom taught me and you know and and i understand the role of the dad the father you know i'm I'm a dad i'm a father i'm not a mom so i i don't fully i always feel inadequate teaching on mother's day for that reason and um i would love for my wife to teach this but she doesn't like to get it in front of people so it doesn't work that way but uh but for me as a dad i know the role of the dad you know that we're to be the spiritual leaders and we're supposed to you know to influence our families and there's incredible influence with a dad with his family but mom has such an incredible uh, rim of influence there as well. And so influence, again, the capacity to have an effect on the character. And character is who you are when no one else is around. Character is who you're going to grow up to be, the man you're going to be or the woman you're going to be. Development, that you're developing, you're growing, you know, and you're becoming the person that God wants you to be. Or, behaviors of some, or, behave, or behavior of someone or something or the effect itself. And so moms, you know, they have this incredible influence in our lives. And so I want to just kind of cover a couple things. How do we leverage our influence in the lives of others? How do we leverage our influence in the lives of our children? I know many moms, maybe you ask that. You wonder, you know, how can I make a difference in the lives of my kids? And I just want to say this, you know, praying for them is always leveraging your influence. Praying for your children, praying for your family. And I would say that to the moms and the dads out there. We ought to be praying for our kids every day. We ought to be praying you know, for our marriage so that our marriage is strong and praying for our spouse. So the stronger that we are together, the greater our influence together in the lives of our children. 
And so I think it's, it's vital that we pray for our, sprout, our spouse and we pray, you know, for our children. And, and, and we pray for our marriage. We pray for it to be strong, you know, and to be a unified front for our children. It's a place of stability for them. But how do we leverage our influence in the lives of others? And, and here, here's a quote from John Maxwell. John Maxwell is a leadership guru. Many of you guys, if, you're, if, you, if you love leadership or if you studied leadership, John Maxwell has like a plethora of books. I mean, he's just got a ton of them. And, uh, and some of them, it sounds like they say the same things. But the thing is, is there's leadership and there's different ways of approaching it. And I love what he says here. He says, a leader is one who knows the way, goes the way, and shows the way. And so what he's saying is, you know, you know, the best way to influence our children and the best way to influence our family is for us to be spiritually minded, for us to have a relationship with God, for us to be walking with Christ, for us to be people of prayer. And if we want our children to experience that, the best way that we can influence them to do that is by going that way, by doing, you know, by living this out, not just talking about it and not just wanting something for them that we don't have. But the best way that we can influence them is to literally to live it out. Here's another quote from, from uh, John Maxwell as well. It says, leadership is not about titles, positions, or flowcharts. It's about, about one life influencing another. So if you're a mom or you're a dad, you have that capacity and that, that ability to influence, to lead your family. And you might feel like you don't, you don't have any kind of impact or any kind of uh, really influence, but I'm telling you, you do. And, and, and I know so many times I've heard dads and moms talk about how they blew it. They missed a, you know, an opportunity. And, and maybe whenever their kids were growing up, they were, their focus was on the wrong things. And they come to know Christ later in life. And I hear that all the time. And they say, you know what? I let my kids down. I kind of blew it in this area. But I'm just telling you, God has got a second chances and third chances and fourth chances. And God will take where you are right now. And he will begin to make a difference in the lives, not only of you, but the lives of those around you, no matter what your age may be. If you're 80 years old and you get your heart right with God and you get your life right with God, it's going to impact and influence the people around you, especially your family. And they're going to see the change. They're going to know how you've lived all these years. And they're going to see that, you know what, there's something different about him. There's a change there, something different about her. And so Mother's Day, today we're talking about Mother's Day. And, and I love, you know, Mother's Day. It's one of those times where, you know, you get to really brag on moms. You get to challenge them. And, but I want to read a, a passage to you here. Uh, this is out of Proverbs. And it says, Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Proverbs thirty-one thirty. Every time I teach on Mother's Day, and I do teach out of Proverbs 31. It's like I get in trouble with the ladies. They're like, how could anybody live up to that standard? You know, but the thing is, is the proverbial woman in Proverbs 31 is a beautiful place for a lady or a mom or a, a lady at all, a woman, to go and study what does the Scripture say about being a godly woman. And so Proverbs 31 is an incredible passage to read. And, to, and men, I would encourage you to go there and read and see the qualities that God just, you know, He literally... Uh, sits there and, and points out in Scripture that are beautiful. And, and so this is a powerful verse. And then look, listen to what Billy Graham said here. Billy Graham wrote, Only God himself fully appreciates the influence of a Christian mother in her children. That, that's a great statement. You know, a, a Christian mother can have an incredible impact, powerful impact in the life of their child. And maybe you feel like moms, you know, you don't feel like you're good enough. You don't feel like you, you've done enough. You don't know enough of the Bible. But I'm telling you, take whatever, wherever you are, and you say, God, I want to commit to you fresh and new my life to where I am an influence. And I want to be the best influence I can be. So we should always be looking at trying to be the best that we can be. 
always trying to improve, you know, and always trying, you know, and always saying, you know, God, how can I make a bigger difference or a greater impact? But I love that statement. But God knows the impact that you are making in the lives of your children. Paul, there's a passage in Second Timothy. Paul saw who influenced Timothy, and and this is in Second Timothy. This is a great. He's starting out his letter to Timothy, and and he's writing some some heartfelt words here to Timothy. But listen to what he says. Paul saw who influenced Timothy. He knew who it was. This letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. And I have I've been sent to tell others about the life he has promised through faith in Christ Jesus. And don't miss that part of it. If you're here today watching us, and maybe you're here because your mom you know, has asked you to watch, uh, man, kudos to her. Because she wants you to experience life through Christ. And it's by faith alone. And so she wants you to experience that. She wants you to have the best that life has to offer. And I'm telling you, Jesus Christ is the best that life has to offer. And we really don't even begin to live until we put our faith in Christ. And so Paul was saying, hey, listen, that's my job. That is what I do is I tell people about Christ. In, in verse 2 it says, I am writing to Timothy, my dear son. May God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord give you grace, mercy, and peace. Timothy, I thank God for you, the God I serve with a clear conscience, just as my ancestors did, night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers. And here he is, again, as, as parents, us praying over. This is his spiritual son. It's not his physical son. But, man, he's praying over the one, this, this guy, day and night. He's praying for him. He's lifting him up. He's claiming things over him. He's going to God and asking God to bless him. He says, I long to see you again, for I remember your tears as we parted. And I will be filled with joy when we are together again. I remember your genuine faith, for you share... The faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know that same faith continues strong in you. And look at what it says again. I remember your genuine faith, your sincere faith. And, and so Paul is saying, hey, listen, I, I, I look into you, Timothy, and I see what was started years ago in your grandmother. I see what was started years ago in your mom. And I see that, you know what, it has been carrying on even in you. Now, here's the thing. It's a, it's a personal this relationship that we have with Christ. But those that come before us can influence us. And hopefully, you know, maybe, we, maybe you have a godly heritage. Maybe you have a mom or a dad or maybe a grandmother or grandfather that were godly, godly people that loved the Lord. And, man, they served the Lord. They served the church. They served the kingdom. They made a difference in the lives of people. Prayerfully, you have that in your life. But not everybody does. And so here's the thing, you can establish that godly heritage. You can be the one to be, begin to establish something that is fresh, something that is new, that is powerful. And, and so look at this, this here. Your faith must be personally experienced. I, I can't, I, you know, I, I won't be able to get into heaven based on what my mom and dad did. It's a personal relationship with Christ. It's, it's, I have to own that. And, and I would say this to any of you that are out there. You know, if you think, hey, well, I'm just going to get in on how good my mom has been or how godly my dad has been, it doesn't work that way. You know, it's a personal relationship. You must personally, uh, it, it, your faith must be personally experienced. It's, it's something we've got to own. So we must, must each personally trust Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. I, I remember one time years ago, I, I had an opportunity to lead a guy to the Lord that worked in the uh, apartment complex that I lived in. And his name was Mike. And anyway, so we... We go and we sit down, uh, you know, we, we actually we kind of work together. And he asked me to come over for breakfast. And as a college student, man, I loved free food. I still do. I still like food. And uh, you can look at me and tell. But the thing is, is, you know, that he was giving free food to a college student. And, and so he asked me to come over to have breakfast with him and his family. And we'd been talking about the gospel. We'd been talking about faith. We'd been talking about how to be saved. And, 
and I'd been sharing with him, and he was really he was really a hard boiled guy, and uh, man, he just he had a lot of questions, and so we would ride around in the in the work truck and. And he would ask me questions about what Scripture would say, and I would share with him what I felt like that, that passage meant. And we did this for weeks. And so I'm over there at his house, and, and he asked me, he says, uh, he starts asking me about Genesis, and he starts asking me some pass- about some Scripture. And I just said, I said, Mike, I said, do you want to give your life to Christ? And this big old, you know, burly guy goes, man, I do. And he just started shaking, began to weep. He said, man, I want to, I want to be saved. And we got down by, beside the breakfast table, and I led him through a simple prayer. And, and it, was, it was the prayer of salvation. And he, get, he gets up, he's shaking all over his little boys. He had three little boys, they're sitting over there. They're like, what is going on with Dad? And man, they, you know, they're kind of freaking out, like, what is going on? So Dad walks back, he gets his wife, and uh, she had walked back to the uh, bedroom, and she walked in there, and he goes, man, my wife wants to be saved as well. And I walked her through the, the same plan of salvation. She got down, she prayed to receive Christ right there by the breakfast table. And, and, and it was just a powerful moment. You know, we're sitting there weeping we're celebrating you know that there's no question in my mind they got saved and, and so i love the fact that they both made that personal decision i remember mike said hey listen i want my boys to be baptized that's well, mike that's not the way it works i said here's the thing each one of them have to make that personal decision the way you and your wife did and so it's the same for you your mom and dad can want you to be saved all day long but you have to make that decision you have to put your faith in christ and, and it's a personal relationship it's a personal decision, and you have to make that decision. You can't pass on. You can't pass on a faith you don't have to anyone that no more than you can teach someone something you don't know. So it's not like you can just pass it on. So here's what I'm saying. If you want your kids to be right with God, the best thing you can do is for you to be right with God. If you want them to be godly young men and young women, then you ought to be a godly man or a godly woman. And so it's kind of like me with electricity. I don't, I don't deal with electricity. There's a couple things that I don't fool around with. And electricity is probably the main one. And so the, the, the few times I have tried to mess with it, it seems like I always get bit. Boom, it'll jolt, you know, jolt you. And, and so I always ask guys who I know who understand electricity, say, hey, listen, man, would you mind coming over and helping me with this switch or, or changing out these lights or whatever? Because I don't know electricity. Here's the thing. I dang sure don't need to be teaching somebody how to do anything electrical. It's because I don't know. But the thing is, is we need to know our, about our faith. We need to know Christ. And we need to know what it means to walk with Him. And we need to know what it means to, to live for Him. And then we can teach them. Here's the other thing. We must, admit, uh, we must admit our need for forgiveness. One of the things that we need, we need to admit is, you know what? I have messed up. Everybody's sinned. Everybody's blown it. Everybody's messed up. Romans 3.23 says this. For everyone has sinned, we all fall, fall short of God's glorious standard. We've all blown it. Everybody. We were all in need of a Savior. That's the reason Jesus came. And so we have got to experience this personal relationship with Christ. And maybe there's a mom out there today that thinks about what she wants her kid to be. Let me just tell you, spiritually, you have got to be that to be the greatest influence in their life. You've got to be willing to do that. And so here's the thing. We, we must receive Christ and His offer of salvation as a gift. This is vital. It's not something we earn. Look at what it says in John 1, 12. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. And so God has provided the way of salvation. And it's not through works. We can't even gather here in this building. So it's not going to church, the old mentality. It's not just by doing a lot of good things that maybe God will see that I'm a good enough guy or a good enough lady and he'll let me in. That's not how it works. It's a personal relationship. 
by putting our faith in what Christ did on the cross and through the power of the resurrection, by putting our faith in Him and then saying, Jesus, I want to follow you. I want to line up with your teaching. You know, I want, I want to follow you all the way. And then here, look at this passage here. It says, God saved you by His grace. Grace is unmerited favor. We didn't earn that. Grace just means that, you know what, I don't deserve it, but God loved me and He, he saved me anyway. So God saved you by His grace when you believed. When you believed in what Christ has done. When you believed in the, in the gospel. When you believed in the good news. When you believed in what Jesus did on the cross. And you can't take credit for it. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. And he's saying, hey, listen, it's not a reward for the good things you've done. It, what it is, is it's by faith that you are saved alone. And so we can't brag about our experiences. We can't brag about what we've done. And so here's, here's the next one. Your faith must be sincerely expressed. And I keep, you know, I put this in there sincerely. Because I feel like there's times whenever people see people that we would say are, are Christians or maybe even religious, that they can come across as a little bit plastic. Uh, you know, one thing I would always say, and I, I feel like this has been my goal as a believer, is to be real. It's to be genuine. It's to be authentic. Do not be one way, you know, in one location and then one way in another location. I've, I've always tried to be the same. If I'm at the ballpark, that's Mike Mazingo. If I'm at church, that's Mike Mazingo. That's who I am. You know, if it doesn't matter where I'm at. I don't have a, you know, hey, that's my Sunday look or that's my Sunday attitude or that's my whatever. Just try to be who I am. I mean, this is who I am. And so your faith must be sincerely, sincerely, genuinely expressed. And so the thing is, is to be real, to be compassionate. You know, if we're going to be real, then we've got to let people know, man, you know, we, we make mistakes, man. There's times I feel like I'm shot full of holes and, man, I need people's prayer. You know, we need to be compassionate. We need to care about people and love people. That's what, that's what Jesus did. He was compassionate. He loved people. And so the more real we are, Jesus was real, but he was compassionate. And so look at what this passage says here. But you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. But you know that they, you know they are true, for you know you can trust those who taught you. And this is Paul again talking to Timothy, and he's telling him, "Hey, listen, you know these things are true. You know because you're what your your mom and your grandmother they lived it out. You've been taught the holy scriptures from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus." And let me just say this: I know we don't always do this anymore, but let me just say this: we've got to be willing to say, you know what, God, help me. To learn the scripture so that I can teach my children. We, we, we don't need to send our kids to church and hope that they'll learn it there. Mom and dad, that is our job. That is the greatest privilege we have is to teach them about Christ. There's nothing like getting down beside your child's bed and leading them through the prayer of salvation and seeing them put their faith in Christ. And then taking them through the waters of baptism. We just talked about that Wednesday night. How important it is. It's a celebration. But to be able to take your child and be able to baptize your child in the waters of baptism... Man, it's an emotional, spiritual, powerful moment. Don't ever miss that. And, you know, and I would just encourage you, man, teach them. You know, and I know sometimes we don't want to get involved in that area. And we'll talk about that in a second. But look what the rest of this passage says. It says, all Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong. And it teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip His people to do every, every good work. Now, let me just say this. I feel like it's critical that we understand God's Word. The more that we read God's Word, the more that it reads us. It will, it will teach us how to raise our children. It will teach us how to do things. 
And, and I would just say this, you know, Timothy was taught by his mother and his grandmother. And so they knew the Word of God. They spent time reading the Word of God. And I would just say that's important for us, that we need to spend time reading God's Word, applying God's Word, and here's the thing, teaching our children God's Word. One of the greatest things that has happened in this pandemic has been the fact that so many moms and dads are teaching, and I know you probably think your kids are getting a raw deal with this because they're not in school. But man, what a great time to teach them about God's faithfulness and that God has this. You know, and, and, and to walk by faith and to live by faith. I mean, what a great opportunity. And, and don't miss that. I know it's easy to kind of get busy doing other things. Maybe you're working in the yard like crazy, like a madman. Home Depot and Lowe's, like I said, are doing incredible. But maybe instead of spending so much time on flowers and stuff like that, you spend some time teaching them the Word of God. Maybe take the time to sit down and talk through a passage like this. What does that mean? What does it mean that the, the Word of God reads us? You know, and it teaches us and it equips us. And then helping your kids to memorize. I just had someone share with me yesterday. We're talking about how their their little boy has learned Jesus Loves Me, the song that many of us grew up with. And he knows every bit of it. And so he's been singing that everywhere. And she said, man, he loves to sing about Jesus. And I thought, somebody taught him that. Somebody taught him that. And so that's powerful. So here's, here's our, our next one. Your faith must be continuously exhibited. Your faith needs to be continuously exhibited. And, and we had a conversation this past week in staff meeting talking about uh, being a consistent leader. You know, uh, making sure that we're consistent in what we do. Because, you know, everybody can have a, a one-hit wonder type moment. But what about being consistent in our walk with Christ? Consistent in our witness, in our, consistent in our, in our life. And I think that people around are looking for someone that is, that is honest, that is real, that is genuine, that is sincere. But they're also looking to see if someone is consistent. They're continuously living out their faith. They're continuously ministering to the needs of people around them. And they're, 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 on, a, they're on a continual line of looking, you know, God, what do you want me to do? God, where do you want me to go? God, what do you have in store for, for me? So your faith must be continuously exhibited. It needs to be seen at all times. Look at what it says in Hebrews chapter 11. This is a passage that is it's kind of like the faith hall of fame. It's talking about how you know, people's faith. And it's going back in all the way through the Scriptures and it's talking about some of these great heroes of the faith. And listen to what it says here. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. So faith is like the billboard. Our faith is the billboard to other people about Christ in our lives. It says, through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. By faith, we understand that the entire universe formed at God's command. That, that what we now see did not come from anything that, we, that can be seen. It was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man and God showed his approval of his gifts. Although Abel is long dead, he still speaks to us by his example of faith. And if you continue to read that passage and, and those different characters that are in there, it's talking about their faith. And what their faith did and how it affected the people around them. So mom and dad, just hear what I'm saying here. Your faith can be one that can make a difference in the lives of your kids. Your faith can make a difference in the lives of your family. It can make a difference in the lives of your friends. It can make a difference in the lives of your community. And so let your faith be genuine. Express it continuously. You know, let, let people see that, you know what, I'm not one way. I'm, I'm not a certain way on Sunday. I'm not a certain way you know, when I'm with my friends. And I hope that 
Maybe you're one of those people that you, you strive to be authentic. You, try, you strive to be real. This, this, this world is full of plastic people and just fake people. You know, and, and so maybe it's time you know, for people to be able to see something that's refreshing, something that's real, that's authentic, that's genuine, that's loving, that's caring, that's compassionate. That's what Jesus was. And, and the world needs to see it in you. It needs, needs to see it in me. There's a couple of next steps that I want to take a look at. And, and I think maybe for you today, some of these next steps might be some that you need to take. And, and we always try to work through, hey, what are some next steps? What is the application of what we've heard today? And, and this is one. In order to influence others for Christ, I must know Christ. Take that step of accepting Christ today. But in order to influence others I, for Christ, I must know Christ. So I've got to know Him. I've got to know Him personally. I've got to spend time talking with Him. I've got to spend time praying to Him. I've got to spend time following Him. I've got to spend time living out my faith in such a way that people know, you know what? I mean, He knows Christ. I remember one time I was at a, I was at a baseball, I may have been a football uh, chapel that I was, I, was doing, I was doing a devotion for them. And, and when we got through, you know, one of the coaches asked a coach to pray. And when a coach, whenever that coach got through praying, I walked over to that coach and I said, Hey, listen, I said, I just want you to know, I said, I appreciate your prayer. I said, it was obvious to me and I think to many people in the room, you knew who you were talking to. And I don't know if you've ever heard anybody pray like that, but whenever they pray, you know they know Jesus. And you know they have a, a right relationship with the Father. And it's powerful prayer. And so I, I hope and I pray that you have that personal relationship and and, and that's the second thing here. The, the, the most important step is maybe today you say, you know what? I choose to accept the gift of salvation through Christ by faith. I, I choose to accept the free gift that comes through God, that God has provided through His Son, Jesus Christ. I choose to receive it and not try to earn it. You know what we do? We cheapen the gospel. We cheapen the gift of, of eternal life whenever we try to earn it. We think that we can get there on our own. But God says, nobody We've all messed up. We read the passage earlier, Romans 3.23. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short. We've all missed it. But if we will receive the gift of eternal life by placing our faith in what Jesus Christ did on the cross, and then through the power of the resurrection, an empty tomb, and then He literally wants to put place His Spirit within you, the presence of a holy God within you, to lead you, to guide you, to comfort you as we're going through such trying times. And maybe today... The most important step you could take would be to put your faith in Christ. So I just want to encourage you right there, where you're, wherever you're at. If you're in a car, no matter where you are right now, maybe you just pull over to the side of the road. Maybe you're there with family. Maybe you're with your mom today. And you just get down on your knees in a, in a, in a position of submission. And you say, Jesus, I want to ask you to forgive me because I have sinned. And he knows it already. Jesus, will you forgive me? His answer is yes. Jesus, will you come into my life? Jesus, will you save me? And if you're sincere in your faith, I promise you, He is sincere in saving you. And He'll place His Holy Spirit within you to lead you, to guide you, to comfort you, and to teach you. And so let me encourage you to put your faith in Christ right now. And just say, Jesus, will you, ask, just say, Jesus, will you come into my life? Will you change me? His answer is yes. Jesus, I want to quit living the way I've been living. That's repentance. And Jesus, I want to follow you. I want to follow your teaching. I want to learn from you. And if you're a mom or you're a dad, man, I want to encourage you to take that step to say, you know what? Not only do I want to know Christ, I want to teach my children about Christ. I want to teach others about Christ. It's a, it's a simple prayer. But man, I'm telling you, it's the prayer of your heart. It's the surrender of your heart that changes everything. And if you're sincere, man, God knows it. He looks into our hearts. He knows everything about us. 
He knows every, every thought that we think. He knows everything that we'll say before it's ever even formed on our tongue. And so right now, He knows your heart. And if you're sincere, don't be ashamed of Him. Just get on your knees. Ask Christ to come into your life and give Him everything. Surrender your life to Him. I want to lead us to a time of prayer. Father, I pray right now for those who have heard this message today. Father, there may be some that want to put their faith in You for salvation. Father, they want to be saved. I pray that they would choose to accept Christ right now. And what Christ has done on the cross, that it would only be by faith. God, they wouldn't try to earn anything. They wouldn't try to try to figure out a way to get better and become a better version of themselves. But God, they would just surrender by faith to you and receive the gift of eternal life by faith from you. And so God, I just pray that you would bless them. I pray for every home that is represented today. God, I pray that you would pour out your, your peace, your presence, your power in that place. And God, let it be the best Mother's Day gift ever. If one young person today, somebody, somewhere, puts their faith in Christ, they'd be willing to let their mom know that they have placed their faith in Jesus Christ for salvation and they have been saved. God, thank you for what you're doing in us and through us. And God, thank you for what you're doing even through this pandemic. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Mike, for that challenging message. And congratulations to all of you that just made that life-changing decision. This is the greatest decision you will ever make. And we want to help you with your next steps. If you will text the phrase, my decision, to the number on your screen, we'd love to help you as you begin this journey with Jesus. Again, we are so excited to see all that God does in and through you.